Welcome, everybody, back to the uh, Underpaid, Underqualified podcast show with your host, John Vince. And wow, it has been, it's been a minute, maybe a few yeah. weeks, few months, few years, decades. I don't know anymore. Feels like the longest time, honestly, because uh, I think, what, the tenant episode was two weeks ago, but we recorded it like, I don't know, two weeks before that. So it feels like a whole month. I don't know. It was definitely September when we did it. It was, um, I think we pre-recorded something and then it was like, all right, well, I'll slate this for October since we, there are like two episodes a month. And then it became like a whole, um, whatchamacallit, like, oh shoot, I have homework. And then like, you were kind of traveling for a bit and then it's like, oh wait, I gotta be moving. And then things are happening really fast everywhere. What Josh is trying to say is just that we're both very in-demand people that have a lot of attention our way. So obviously you guys need to chill the fuck out and the episode will come out when it comes out, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. We, we just, have lives. Yeah. I actually promoted this show for the first time. So things have really taken a step up. I think we have a whole four other followers than we did before. <laughs> At least. So uh, yeah, things are things are happening for us people. We need to chill the fuck out. Uh, episodes will come when it comes. Obviously kidding. Um but yeah, no, it's been a while. I think um, we were thinking of just like running through our weeks really quickly or just like what's been happening highlights. So at least for me, um, I hate to say it, but, but uh, congratulations to LA Lakers. That was pretty big. I feel like that's a big moment. Uh, I know Dodgers are in this the... month. Didn't that happen this month? It Lakers? did. And the fact that like I forgot, it felt like so long ago. Yeah, you were excited. You posted like, I think you, I think I heard first from you just because you posted so much about it. Oh, that was basically my revenge thing because, like, living in the Bay Area, I did not realize how many Bay Area people really hated uh, LA sports. So, for people who don't know, I'm from LA. So, it's like, all right, well, that's where I'm from. I'm going to be rooting for what I'm from, where I'm from. Yeah, that's and fair. I, I didn't realize how many people were like, man, LA sucks. Yeah, I don't <laughs> deserve this. I'm like, why? It's like, well, because we weren't in it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, I, what? I, I, I yeah, I get that. That that is that's got to be rough living in a place where nobody's rooting for the team you're rooting for. I mean, I mean, I don't know. Are there a good amount of Lakers fans here? I never really paid attention. So it, it's kind of nice. I like at my church. I do have a friend that is also like we grew up in the same situation, right? Because we're both immigrants from Taiwan, and we both grew up in like the same part of SoCal. So he also roots for a LA team. So it's kind of nice to have that uh, have that friend up here. With that said, it kind of sucks because it's like most people are either we're four Warriors or four Bay Area. LA sucks, or it's just like I don't care enough. Why are you talking to me about this? Yeah, I get that. I think with the Lakers thing, like even though I'm obviously like LA is like the rival in terms of sports, it's like well that's one of those things. It's like all right, I can't hate on that too much. With the ten year, ten years since the last time they won, and like you know LeBron, like it would be wrong if he didn't win at this point. Like based on the other competition, especially if the Clippers were you know, somehow dramatically out when nobody expected that. And uh, I don't know, with Co the Kobe thing too, it just felt like the right thing. So I don't know. I'll give that, I'll give my hand up to that. But next year, that's when things, I don't know, things aren't as funky based on this season. So that's yeah. when, that's when I'll be butthurt if the Lakers win again. Oh like, gosh, there was a time where, you know, the game Among Us that everyone is like playing right now. Among Us? I have not heard Among of Us. Um, so do you know the game like Mafia? Mm. Was it like the Facebook one that used to be there that everyone was playing? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> so this is a game pretty much. It's like everybody's assigned a different role. Okay. And the role is that you're trying to find out who Mafia is, which is the ones that are going to be killing systematically through everybody. And then everybody, that's maybe nice. a doctor or the sheriff or something like that. Sounds pretty wholesome. <laughs> and so that's that's the original one of the most probably the first iteration of the game. There's other versions of the game that came out, something like Secret Hitler deception resistance coup town of salem a lot of different versions a lot of different iterations so secret hitler obviously it's like oh who's hitler who we're going to destroy the fascism uh town of salem was like i think it was like find the witch um resistance it was like a secret mission who's the uh who's the person that's uh going to sabotage the missions so among us is similar in that regards is that you guys are on a ship you're trying to uh complete your tasks and win the game how there's two people that are going to be Sabbath, one to three or one. Anyways, there's going to be a, a couple of people there that are the imposters and try to sabotage a ship and kill people. Um, so anyways, that was basically the current rage right now with everybody. So like AOC, uh, Alexandria, I don't remember how to pronounce her last name. That politician did a whole, Ocasio hey, Cortez. <laughs> her, she was like, yeah. hey, I'm going to be streaming with a bunch of Twitch streamers. 
to encourage voting. And it's, I have my own personal opinions about that game, but that's like its own rant. But um, so like I hopped on a game on one night and one person who saw me who I haven't spoken to in a few months was like, hey, Lakers don't deserve to win. Asterisk year. <laughs> and I'm like, hello? Nice chatting with you for the first time in months. Wait, hold the phone. Are you saying there is an unreasonable, like random, weird, uneducated opinion on the internet? Hold the phone. No way. <laughs> but this time it's vocal and I'm like, oh, I have to like listen to this and not read it. Damn it. But yeah, I think, I think that's better. Honestly, I don't know. I always thought that the reason people can say so much dumb shit on like, you know, Twitter, YouTube, whatever is because they don't have a voice. So I don't know. Maybe it's just easier to talk to people if you hear those dumb opinions. So maybe I'll get a Twitch. A lot of people have been getting Twitches. Yeah. So I'll just get one to specifically throw out dumb opinions and piss people off. <laughs> I'm just yeah. going to hate on the LA Lakers. That's it. <laughs> so, like, when I heard that, I was just like, all right, I just hopped into this, another salty person. Am I really going to have to read or listen to this again? And so I just basically just started saying a ton of random stuff just so he wouldn't talk. So I'm like, all right, I don't want to go through this again. Nice. I think you won that job. <laughs> I did. Good job. With but, uh, yeah. Otherwise, I mean, like I said, congrats to the LA Lakers and, uh, you know, the Dodgers are in the World Series. I actually fucking really- joked. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, the game last night was really close. For anyone who doesn't know, it's two and two right now. And uh, I think what the Dodgers were up for a lot of the game last night, but then the Rays like made a huge comeback right at the end. Yeah. So I wasn't really watching the game just because I had different engagements going on, but then I was keeping the score. I was like, I, we said, I was Jaws a busy man. I, I am a busy man. What can I say? Um, Got a lot of video games to play. Unfortunately, I, not none of the engagements produced money. So I wasn't really hustling. I was just being busy. Um, so, yeah. So uh, the Dodgers were winning until the last, like, last run where it was two outs, two strikes. We made two errors and basically gave away the game. And so they had two people on base. So we lost. With that said, we fucking choked. <laughs> That's all I can say. Well, yeah, at the same time, isn't it like the best series or the ones that go to game seven? If you guys win, obviously. You yeah, so it's it's one of those pe- things where like people are like, I want a good series. I want to go game seven. Um, To be fair, it was a close game. It was like one yeah, point deficit eight. the entire game. And Do- uh, Rays did lead, I think, a little bit of the way. But then the, the last play. I mean, if you're a Tampa Bay, you're freaking partying. If you're a Dodgers fan, you're debating whether or not if it's a logical decision to burn your clothes, burn your Dodgers gear. <laughs> Damn, that bad. I was just no, you know, it was, I, like if you were to watch a replay, it was just like, dude, we like, there's no excuse for it. We just choked at the end of the day. Yeah, you know, I actually like got. I was. <laughs> I, I think I might be the reason the Dodgers in the World Series. And I'm going to. What did you do why. differently? I think I jinxed them choking because I was literally like I was in Truckee a few weeks ago on vacation or last week, I guess. And uh, who are the Dodgers playing before the race? Like the last team before the World Series? Well, before the race. uh, Shoot. Braves. Braves. There you go. And I remember that was like the game that Kershaw choked. And isn't Kershaw like notorious for like choking in the postseason? He's, you know, like with the Giants and the Dodgers, it's like one of the best, like strongest rivalries. And it used to be like Mad Bum was the guy for the Giants. And then Kershaw was the guy for the uh, Dodgers. And they kind of would always go head to head. It'd be like kind of, kind of like a event to get people there, you know? And then like Kershaw kind of gained a reputation for choking a little, right? Yeah. So Kershaw definitely gained a reputation for choking in the playoffs. Um, so last year we were close to winning, getting out of the first round or whatever it's called. I'm still new to baseball, so I know I totally know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> so I was like best of five, but then we he was playing. He ended up giving up a few runs. There was a whole infamous where like he was sitting alone in the dugout near like pretty much in tears because he knew he gave away the game. Yeah, there's like um, always for the like last three years. There's been that notorious photo of him in the dugout with his head down, looking super sad <laughs> for yeah, obvious reasons. And- but I mean, like he did play a really good game against the Rays, where people were like, "Dang, all right, this is like vintage Kershaw right now." Um, so not so much that he he wasn't the reason why we choked last night. But yeah, no, you're right. He we have a thing where like Kershaw does choke in the playoffs for some reason. Yeah, well, I was gonna say actually last week when he was playing the Braves and uh, the said choking game did happen with him. I actually told Christine, I was like, you know, it's I'm at a point with the Dodgers. I can't even like I almost root for them because like I know they're not going to win. 
<laughs> and I sounded super smug. I was like, I mean, it's just happening again. Kershaw's just going to choke again. It's like they never win the World Series, so I can't even take them seriously as a foe. So it's like I'm almost hoping they win just so I can kind of take them seriously. And then look what happened. They made that, like, they weren't they down like three to one, and now they made a comeback, and they're in the World Series two to two at least. So, I mean. Yeah. Think, and, like, I sure. single-handedly jinxed it, I'm sure. <laughs> hey, jinx it for the win. I don't care. As long as we win, a win is a win. (laughs) Yeah, if the Dodgers won the World Series, I'm taking credit and we'll get a lot of hate mail. Now that we have such a wide platform, all the Giants fans are going to kill me. So I'm I'm ready for that. Hey, aren't you a Giants fan? Oh, yeah, of course. I just said that I hate the Dodgers. (laughs) Anyways, for me at this point, it's just like, I just want to win to have something at this point. Just because like living in the Bay, it's like, all right, we were on a drought. Dodgers were good, but we're still like, okay, minus the Astro year. We should have clearly won. 2017, 2018, uh, I was talking to my friends like, all right, uh, what are the chances of us being the Boston Red Sox? And my friend said, dude, we're the underdogs in this one. It'd be a surprise if we do win. Mm. Um, Last year, we obviously infamously choked. This year, oh, good Lord, I hope we don't choke. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. know, It's a funky year, too, with like COVID and whatever, too. But I think, I don't know. I mean, if they win, I don't know. I'm I'm just going to take the blame. (laughs) And either way, I guess I'll say it'll make it more competitive when the Giants, I don't know when, I don't know if you've kept up on the Giants, but they're a fucking mess right now. And they keep, they've like kept the players that were like famous during their world series years, but now they're kind of a little over the hill and they haven't really invested in any new people. And their coach is kind of the coach, the main coach they've replaced. Isn't that great? So I don't know. I I, like, I want a Giants Dodgers rivalry so bad, but it's just, I don't know. Dodgers are killing it. So you got to give credit there, but Giants just aren't in a place for it, but I don't know. Sports. I don't <laughs> That's oh, our wow. sports okay. update, I guess. So I guess uh, that's what's going on in our lives. How are you doing? <laughs> okay, 30 seconds real quick. How have you been doing, Vince? Because I realized over. we've been on a tangent. Hung over. Went to a winery last night. Um, actually, a really nice one at Napa. Um, then continued drinking after. Watched Borat 2 because that's a thing. And uh, goddamn, that guy commits more to anything than anyone's ever committed. I think Sasha Baron Cohen is puts Dane. Daniel Day-Lewis at a run for his money because, goddamn, they go so far for jokes. Um, yeah, other than that, um, it's Halloween. Been watching a lot of horror movies. And uh, Eddie Van Halen, my reason for living and musical icon, passed away. So rest in peace. Goddamn, that guy was so good. I just listened to that guy's oh, music. Jesus, it was so good. Ugh. Um, and that's really sad that he passed away. So rest in peace. Um, anyways, yeah, fast updates. That, that was... <laughs> How about you, Josh? How's your life going? Uh, quick 30 seconds, which we'll call it homework, moving, moving again, work, um, sports. I average maybe at most on a good week, four hours of gaming on a good week. So Yeah, it used to be like half and half, right? <laughs> it used to be 40 hours of like work and 40 hours of gaming. But now it's like, oh. The no, good old days. I'm trying to get outdoors, get some vitamin D because the air is a lot better. Trying to get used, get, get the most out of my bike. That's um, good. Yeah. Yeah. You so, get a Strava. Post your uh, bike. Oh, yeah. Race. I do use that. Yeah. Oh, shit. I'll follow you. All right. I can't oh, yeah, figure I out how to use it. <laughs> so I do all uh, my Fitbit runs and I can't post them. But anyways. <laughs> I should follow you too. Anyways, I'll, we'll, we'll touch bases on that. Anyways, so transition to our actual topic this week. Uh, we're going to go through cancel culture. So for everybody who's following us actually i don't know how to segment this anyways either way we're talking about cancel culture i know a segue i talked about it being halloween right is there anything scarier than getting canceled perfect segue there isn't we're in it we're in the pocket (laughs) all right i'm afraid to get canceled exactly we're not even syndicated in any sense of the word yeah you can't be canceled if you haven't even closely remotely made it to made it to made it status so anyways continue Joe. Exactly. All right. So to really introduce this topic of cancel culture, I want to say it's a, it's a very polarizing political uh, topic. And so I, I'm going to say like the conservative perspective and the liberal perspective. And I probably will be butchering this, but this is effectively the summary of what it is. And so the broad actual liberal definition of it really is anything that offends anyone should be canceled. This is similar to blame culture. Uh, Alexandria, I don't remember her last name. Vince, what's her last name? uh ocasio cortez that's the one um basically kind of summarize it as people who feel entitled to a large audience and people that are actually being canceled are minority groups advocating good things um so she's saying so she kind of put the blame elsewhere saying like oh no no, no. cancel culture isn't 
a thing, it's really minority groups are being the ones affected. And it's like, okay, well, that's not the, that's, that's not answering the question of like things that are being canceled, which we'll give examples later. The conservative perspective is that cancel culture is a major thing. It's an attack on their beliefs. Um, kind of like the whole mentality of like, uh, uh, let them speak or let them say whatever they want. It's only a joke. It's not hurting anybody, regardless of it hurting anybody or not. And so it's very polarizing. And so the liberals tend to not believe in the existence of cancel culture and saying that we have to have it. It's the thing that's actually um, making things equal. It's, it's why to put something offensive. If it's hurting somebody, why have it out there? Whereas conservative perspective is, nah, I'm having fun. How dare you? like tell me what i consider it's fun and here at the underpaid and underqualified we try to qualify it and really say like it's it's good to poke fun at it at it don't be a dick about it yeah to me cancel culture it's kind of like few thoughts i think it to me it's like being politically correct in that in nature it sounds fine where like you know just saying things appropriate to not offend people But then, you know, interpretations are always different between people. And then, you know, when it gets to the point where people try to take your livelihood because you're saying something that they don't like or doesn't sit with them or they misinterpret, misinterpret or they only read your words and don't actually get some maybe like kind of joking meaning that you're making, that's when the problem occurs. And I think it also kind of, to me, it kind of stems back. It's like we've kind of set it as a society, as a people, we've kind of set ourselves up for this kind of position naturally um, because, you know, when Facebook and social media kind of started like what mid two thousands, like 2006, seven around that time, everyone kind of dove headfirst into this idea of like, you know, promoting things, saying your ideas and like, Oh, it's so cool. You can say things on the internet. You can stay connected more wildly. And nobody, I don't think, I mean, I'd be very surprised. If, like if anyone at the time thought of this happening, like was worried that like, Oh shit, everything I say now has like a paper trail and I can be like, trace back if I say something offensive or like say something bad on accident that just doesn't age well. Like I, I didn't, I, at least for me, I don't remember anyone at the time who was like, I don't know, this is, this is dangerous water. Like what is going to happen with social media? But um, I think this is just something that kind of naturally happened because of that, because there's a paper trail for everything we say now. Um, And, you know, like, like you said, people interpret it differently, the liberal between liberals and conservatives, even among liberals, like describing that liberal definition, I think like, Bill Maher is like one example. Like that's a guy who's like notoriously like talking about like people he thinks it's bullshit that got can't like cases where he thinks it's bullshit that somebody got canceled and they shouldn't have got canceled. So I don't know, just a lot of division. And um, like most things, 2020 and right now it's a fucking mess. <laughs> it, it it is, and I think I think this would be a good time to probably just go on to examples. And so I guess I'll open up one as um everyone here. What do y'all think about um? as I'm asking to this non-existent crowd in my empty room, what do you guys think about Guardians of the Galaxy? Anyone listening right now, answer out loud so we can really participate with the podcast, <laughs> even if you're in class or school or anywhere appropriate. Exactly. Anyways, so the consensus is Guardians of the Galaxy is definitely something that came out of left field that surprised all audiences, even the comic book community, because the Guardians of the Galaxy that everyone knows and love now is very different from the actual comic book. So it made... A splash it made waves of like oh my gosh you can make a talking raccoon and literally a freaking tree entertaining um yep. and so james gunn he, he posted a lot of distasteful um tweets and of all our preparation i probably should have some of them listed out right now but some of them were very in the sense of like um a little bit dark humor and such like that and it's really him and his siblings kind of humor and it came out during a time it was like what 2010 2012 or something wasn't it geared towards children it was like he was at like halloween parties and he was like in a priest outfit and he had like i don't know people dressed up as like babies and like collars or something like that yeah yeah something along those lines yeah and then so it became like a whole um uh controversial thing it's like he lost his job at guardians of the galaxy and it became like okay he lost his job because of these tweets that happened like a not a lifetime ago but definitely like early on in his career before he like people knew him and what he did yeah at least a decade i think right he's come uh maybe less than a decade yeah somewhere around that yeah less than a decade but um and he's come back to apologize about it and he's said 
pretty much was like, all right, well, I apologize. And I've matured since then. And people didn't have that. And Disney, because they tried to keep a pristine con- uh, image because it's Disney, canceled him or in a sense of like fired him from the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy role, director role. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because he was immediately picked up by DC to do Suicide Squad, which is, <laughs> I, I saw the uh, uh, release panel for that and i'm like this looks fun i don't know who any of these people are but if it's anything like guardians of galaxy this is going to be epic you don't know who john cena is in idris elba (laughs) no no, the characters they used so they 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 literally chose some of the most obscure non-popular people for this yeah i'm really curious on how that one's going to turn out it's got such a weird like cast of people too uh like you got the guy one of the guys who played doctor who and pete davidson (laughs) in a superhero movie like what <laughs> but anyways getting off track yeah. and so like i'm pretty excited we'll see how this project goes but then immediately afterwards you got picked up by dc disney came back was like hey sorry we want you back and so that was kind of an example of like somebody who did pay who did say sorry but nonetheless people refuted it and said no yeah there dare a- you should make reparations for that there's a lot of back and forth like i remember he's like then uh, the cast of Guardians of the Galaxy, because obviously they're super close to James Gunn. It's like that's that's a case where the like director in the movie, the like, cast members all seem like family. You know, not a not not a pun because Vin Diesel's in the movie and he you know cares about family. But um, that's a case where they all seem very close. And I remember they like wanted to sign a petition or something like that to get him. Or no, it wasn't uh, they like all wrote they a letter? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like an open letter saying why they think he should not be fired. And you know, people. Everyone says things in bad taste that they regret and like he's moved on from it and they were just jokes, et cetera, that type of thing. And uh, really just trying to embrace like forgiveness. And then Disney still said no. And then there was like, then some people wrote petitions. There's a lot of back and forth. And I, I remember feeling like it eventually got to a point where like, okay, damn, I guess that's it. All right. James Gunn's no longer going to be involved with Marvel. That's a bummer because, you know, he wasn't just doing Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, because Marvel's a big connected universe, he's like has like ideas that have implications on future movies and how future things are going to play out, not just in guardians, but like other movies. So basically TLDR, he's a big like player in the whole, like, like foundation of how the Marvel movies are going to play out. And um, I remember thinking that like, shit, I guess that's all she wrote. I guess it's over. But then out of nowhere, it felt like when everyone had kind of stopped talking about it, kind of accepted it, then Disney was just like, all right, we brought him back. And I kind of get both perspectives in that if you're Disney and you really, I mean, Disney is like, albeit the most like successful franchise period um, and most successful business, um, just having all these successful movies and, you know, theme parks under it. And you want to have this like really friendly image. So people can always be like, you know, you have this guy who made these like really offensive jokes. And like, for example, that's, that's one of those really hard subjects. Some subjects you just can't touch when talking about like kids, like, and things like that and making those kind of jokes. Um, like I, t- I, I get the cringe reaction for people if they know that guy works for Disney, but at the same time, I think it's like, you got to think critical and make your own judgment. Like, is this guy an actual pedophile who does bad things? Or did he just say offensive things to be outlandish and try to get like, like people kind of gasping at the time. And now people have traced everything he said. Um, and at least for me, based on what I've seen, I kind of tend to, you know, lean towards that way. Obviously you don't, we don't know James Gunn as a person. We don't know everything he's done or said, but based on the reaction and what I've seen, that kind of seems to be the case in future. If something comes out where it does seem like he was doing something really inappropriate, then I think that's a case where he should absolutely be fired and not doing this. Cause that's, I don't know, obviously, obviously that hasn't been at all the case so far, but if that were to happen, so I think it's just drawing that fine line in like what you can accept and what, like how you interpret like evidence based on what you've seen. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I do agree in the sense of like, all right, he was just making jokes on Twitter, right? And definitely, well, like, one, yes, it was a different era where these kind of jokes were appropriate, considered appropriate at the time. And he's, well, he's one, he's also apologized to different era. Three, um, he's not actually acting upon it. Um, mm-hmm. If he did say like, uh, I, I'm not a fan of this specific minority group and maybe targeting them outside of his tweets, then yeah, that. By all means, you probably should be firing this guy, and he probably should make reparations for that. But yeah, so James Gunn is definitely that first example. And funny thing, I do want to uh, kind of Chris Pratt, who plays Star Lord in his Guardians of the Galaxy thing, he's actually been targeted for a lot of things. Um, Similarly, that just came to mind, which was uh, um, so 
I think he was attending this church called Hillsong. Yeah, I think it's called, is that their church or is that just the band's name? Anyways, could go either way. He was attending this church, and then Ellen Page, who's a very outspoken LGBT person, spoke out saying, How dare you, Chris Pago, attend this church where their leadership does not allow um, homosexuals to be in their leadership? Hmm. And it's like, okay, there's a couple things to unpack there. One, this is a private institution that has their own criteria for who they elect as their leaders for their organization. So they released a statement saying, we welcome people to attend, but in terms of like leadership type roles, that's different. And so they, she made a big deal and threw Chris Pratt under bus saying, how dare you uh, take part in any of this? You must be anti-gay. Wow. And that's about Ellen Page, because I knew the controversy, but I didn't know Ellen Page was like the person who kind of like publicized this idea that he's like, you know, anti-gay. I think it was her. Let me double check. Her fact much. Uh, you know right. what? Instead of this, the instead of our poor debates where they're not actively fact checked, we're going to fact check myself. Yeah, I see it now. I googled it. Chris Pratt responds to Ellen Page's claim that his church is anti-gay. So, all right, we got facts. But yeah, and then so recently there's a an internet joke about like, all right, which three Chris's would you keep? Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Pratt. And a lot of people started throwing Chris Pratt under the bus and digging up these type of things, and like. And his co-stars all came out to defend him and saying, Chris Pratt's a great guy. We may have our differences or something, but he is a genuine guy. You don't know. You understand. And it's a lot of these people like pulling up these receipts. They're so unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that kind of took ties into what I was talking about with like social media. Like when it first came out, nobody would have thought this would be the result like 10 plus years later. It's like, I remember, yeah, reading the same thing about, like, I thought it was just some dumb, like, all right, pick one Chris, Chris Pine, Chris Pratt, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Evans, one has to go. You know, some dumb, like, Hollywood gossip bullshit that people, like, vote on, just, I don't know, stay entertained during quarantine. And uh, I can't believe that actually gained traction to the point where he had to have his, like, friends, his Marvel friends, like, defend him. You know, like, to me, this is just, like, the most purest form of just internet toxicity of just, like, one person says a thing like, oh, wasn't didn't Chris Pratt say this thing that I have no factual evidence for, but somebody else said it, so I'm going to promote it because I have a big following. And then somebody hears that and then they're like, oh, Chris Pratt doesn't like gay people because I'm not going to read it thoroughly. I'm just going to vaguely peripherally look at it. And then somebody else reads it and then it gains traction. And people are like, well, if it's gaining traction, clearly it must be valid. And then before you know it, people are like trying to cancel Chris. And the, this is the most like you have no basis. Like nobody is buying into this. Like everybody like people love Chris Pratt. It's like he keeps his life personal and you're trying to like uh, capitalize on that and like act like there's some story there when you don't know. It's like, there's just not enough information because he's a private guy. And if he did stuff that actually did seem anti LGBTQ, then that's a different story. But like people are just trying to start shit from nowhere. And it's just amazing that people can do that on the internet, like just saying nothing because you have a big platform, you know? So, yeah. All right. So that's pretty much, I kind of tacked on two examples on that, but then I was like, oh, wait, this also happened like literally two days ago. Yeah. Anyways, Good timing. So, uh, yeah, Chris Pratt, we support you. <laughs> I know that means Chris a lot. Chris Pratt, James Gunn, we got your back. <laughs> I mean, until you do something really fucked up then. Yeah. You know, we're yeah. keeping our eyes peeled, but uh, I, I don't I don't really have a lot of thoughts that, that confidence that I don't really have, have a lot of out on that endorsement. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. God damn, it's early. I haven't had coffee. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, Actually, so I watched Borat last night, too. But anyways hey nice we can talk about that next week next two weeks <laughs> um all right so i guess i'll go through one so um going back to like social media and whatnot this was another example that i was surprised by i think is unique but uh, a little comedian named kevin hart you're familiar right joe <laughs> um he's that little guy right that uh dang who's who makes one? the rock it's rock's son right yeah if the rock had a movie nine out of ten chances kevin hart has been in <laughs> in some big role or capacity um yeah kevin hart's comedian um i think he's very notorious with a short man syndrome <laughs> i haven't seen a whole lot of his stand-up i actually did see him live once kind of i don't know wasn't it was all right it was kevin hart's not really my guy i think he's cool i think he's fine from what i've seen but he like he's not like my go-to stand-up comedian guys um but yeah super successful and um i don't know if you're familiar with this story job but uh yeah so he was gonna host the oscars i believe it was 20 19 last year and um 
ahead of that, I think this was kind of around the time that like people, the idea of just like scoping through someone's Twitter was kind of relevant, you know, like before Trevor Noah took the daily show, he like notoriously like, like went through like 10 years of tweets and deleted them or something like that, or people found them something along those lines. So Kevin Hart, basically, like after it was announced, there was like, you know, a lot of people were happy for him. Then there was like this like tide, there's like this dark tide coming. It's like, oh, are the people going to dig through his tweets and like find things in the past? He's just like news coming. And then lo and behold, people did. And they found some jokes uh, from, I don't know, 10 year, 10 plus years ago that were deemed homophobic. Um, I haven't looked at him so much just because I don't know. I don't like looking in these tweets just because like, what's the purpose of like finding offensive things just to see him? Like, I don't know. You know, you want to see the good in people. Um, but basically his stance, I think was unique than a lot of other cases where he basically said like, look, I know I've said these jokes that I don't stand by anymore. I know they're offensive, but here's the thing. I've apologized. I've said sorry. And like to a thorough extent and like that, that's not me anymore. And I know that's not me anymore. So I'm not going to say it again because like he was basically saying kind of like rephrasing it where I think a lot of the cancel culture, people think you're the bully because you say these things, but he's saying like, kind of, I think he's saying that like the people doing the cancel culture are the bullies and like kind of not giving in to them, you know, saying like, you have to apologize to appease me. And uh, basically the Oscars told him, all right, well, if you don't apologize, then you're not going to host the Oscars. And he didn't apologize. So just didn't have a host. And uh, you know, Ultimately, I have to respect him. I think, like, I think he did the right thing personally. This is maybe this will get me canceled <laughs> from our ten followers, but uh, yeah, I think he. I don't know. I just think that's the move to make. I think he like he didn't let it get ridiculous because I mean, like, more and more people could just be offended every one every year from his tweets, and he'll just be apologizing new people, or he can just kind of say like, "Look, I'm not gonna like let my sins of the past like weigh me down and like not let me do anything." So. He just said, I know what I've done. I've said it before. I'm moving on, you know, so you have any opinions? <laughs> That's the thing is that like he said, it's kind of like the question then. And I think um, we have more examples of that is when is it enough? Right. It's yeah. like, when, how many times do I need to apologize? Like when it brings up, I need to apologize. Or is it like, all right, I've done it and I haven't done it since. So I've repented for that mistake. Like, yes, I know, but it's kind of like, how, how long is it going to haunt me for? So like to make a really dark example of like um, a prison system in America. So like when people do get convicted, they do their time and they come back out and a lot of their rights and they have a hard time finding a job. It's like, how much more do they need to pay for their crimes? Yeah. And it's like, all right, well, if you kind of murder somebody, that's a, that there's a social stigma behind that. But if you're, um, if you committed a petty theft and you happen to do six months to a year and you come back out, it does. Some people are going weigh that as much as like murder on like looking for a job. And it comes down to this is that like, well, these people have apologized for their tweets. You, you all, everything's recorded in their standup shows. Like there's Netflix specials and they haven't made the same joke. How much more do you expect them to apologize for that? Yeah. And it's and it, the key difference between like the judicial system with actually committing a crime is that the jury isn't a group of people actually trying to make an educated decision. The jury is, you know, your social reputation. It's people on Twitter. So and that, that's not an organized system. It's just like, ah, most people feel this way. So you're probably fine. Or most people, you know, don't ever want to see you again. So it's like, there's no fair way. Like people could be canceled and you know, I think it's, I, I don't think anyone's going to lie that Bill Cosby shouldn't be doing stand up anymore and should be in jail or Harvey Weinstein, you know? So okay, I think that's those a little are different. <laughs> yeah. That's an extreme example just for the sake of like, you know, that's a clear one nobody's going to disagree with. But I think a lot of the cases that we've seen in the past years, it's just not clear a lot of times and just people have different feelings about it. Like, you know, there's people who could hear, I'm sure there's people you could play this podcast for what we're saying and think we're just like defending terrible people and like not putting any emphasis into like, Oh, they should have done more work to repent or they haven't really said, sorry, or, you know, bullshit. So I don't know. It's just, there's no clear kind of like innocent guilty. Like when it's Twitter, people on Twitter just speaking from the limb, you know? Yeah. And I guess moving on to another example is even on an education level, it's become kind of almost taboo to kind of really explain something. And what I mean by that is, um, few months ago there was a uh, usb professor 
um, he was explaining how like, hey, you have to be careful when you say certain things because one person's language may be a derogatory term, derogatory term in a different language. So in Chinese Mandarin language, the uh, other word for that, or like the placeholder, um, 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 it sounds like the N word in English. And so mm. he was trying to explain that and he uh, said it. And so he said repetitively, like, hey, when do you say that? And he, he was explaining it using it correctly, like how, like I would use it because I speak Mandarin. Like I've definitely said those things before mm-hmm. because I was talking to my mom and like in Chinese. And so he was saying that, explaining, hey, yeah, so you have to be careful how you use it. And the next thing you know is that it got viral because Zoom, everything's recorded. It was reposted. He got a lot of backlash and was then on like, uh, he was suspended. And it was like, why was he suspended for explaining people, hey, you shouldn't be doing this and just said it. And he pronounced it in the Chinese way. I mean, like, granted, it wasn't perfect, but like he still pronounced it in that sense. And it was no malicious attempt. And so people were like, people in USC, the university had to apologize and say, if you guys were traumatized by this, we will provide counseling. And it's like, wait, it was a communications class. (laughs) And he was telling people, be sensitive. Yeah, it seems like, I mean, from the way you're describing it, obviously, you know, people might have different perspectives on what they heard. It sounds like he literally did every step you could possibly take to like not get canceled or offend people like you said this word i didn't i didn't invent it it just happens to sound like this other word that you know has a little history behind it for the u.s but like um i'm saying like just be careful and just be cognizant of that and then somehow people still want to cancel yeah and like i i like the only thing that he was not doing was like not saying it at all period that's like the one step he was missing but at the same time it's like okay well he already prefaced it like to say like reading to kill a mockingbird and you said I think it might have been used in the Kill a Mockingbird, the N word. Yeah. Anyways, so. like yeah. if you're use if you're like in English class and you're reading a literature required by the state, required by the school district, and you come across that word, do you read it or do you gloss over it? Yeah. It's similar in that respect. And I, I reposted that thing, uh, the article on my uh, Facebook, and somebody of African American descent commented, "Yeah, actually, he didn't." say anything against it he just made a comment saying oh yeah i did hear that growing up because he was an african-american person in my high school that was um in a heavily uh, chinese community and he's like yeah i did hear it before and then like i turned and looked but like he didn't say anything like he was offended or not and i noticed that he deleted the comment afterwards because <laughs> like i'm always on facebook so like chances are there's a good chance that like i'll see it <laughs> so yeah you should call him out for it tag him and be like uh, where was that comment you put um but yeah so so that's, that's a no <laughs> oh no sorry i i zoned out what did you say no, i was saying you should comment on the thing and like tag him and be like where was that comment notice it's not here anymore <laughs> oh my gosh no i didn't want to like put him through that i'd rather not stir the pot if there's nothing to stir yeah that's that's i think that's a good way to describe cancel culture there's nothing to stir but people keep stirring the pot <laughs> a lot of times but yeah so that was something that's like even though when on an educational level, like you can't say it. And it's like, okay, well, what can I say even if I preface it for educational reasons? Yeah. This kind of reminds me of um, like, I mean, nowadays it feels like you're walking on a landmine sometimes, like with just like what you can and can't say that uh, you probably heard this, the guy who made the Joker, I forget his name, of course, the director. Do you remember his name offhand? Oh, Deadpool guy. Um, No, not Deadpool. Uh, he did the hangover oh hangover hangover guy well anyways um yeah he was like he made the hangover like 10 plus years ago and like looking at the trailer for the hangover there's some jokes like that definitely wouldn't fly today todd like phillips. the first yeah todd phillips yeah exactly he like said you probably have heard he said uh basically he's like yeah i'm not doing comedies anymore <laughs> like it's way too hard to just get canceled and it's like you try to deal with like the pc patrol like it's impossible to make comedies and then some you know, that kind of people responded differently saying like, eh, no, I think you can still do comedies. Like I think Taika Waititi just sent like a lol, which I think is a subtle way of saying like, uh, have you seen Jojo Rabbit? Like, I think you just got to not, be- but I heard about it. Oh no, yeah. Well, I think that's his, I think that was what Taika Waititi was saying by saying lol. Cause like he, you know, he's still making comedies, but he's not, you know, saying like kind of directly more 
controversial things, I guess. Well, he's saying controversial things in different ways, but I interpreted that as just him saying that like you can still make comedies and it's like not impossible. I don't know. But anyways, it's different. And so going off of that, like the the joke of paging Doctor Blank. Yeah, that's contested because like we all died laughing. Let's yeah. be, let's be real. We probably even said that. I don't care what age you were. You were probably like 14 to 40. You probably said that to your best friend uh, when that movie came out. Um, If you watch Bill and Ted, they say the word funny enough, like to each other at one point. Yeah, it's a thing. And then so then it becomes like, okay, well, that's not good now. And it's like, okay, fine. That's not good. But at the same time, you can't discount the fact that like that existed and you're burning people at the cross if they were to reference it. Um. Yeah. It's... And yeah, so like, no, like it comes to like when I was watching Borat last night, I was sitting there thinking, okay, I just saw Borat one right before this for the first time. And I'm like, okay, this is definitely a lot of this wouldn't fly. Similar with The Office, like Steve Carell said, no, Office would never work in this time period because a lot of these jokes wouldn't fly. But look, people are watching The Office religiously. And people have made the comment of like, for a generation that was raised on The Office and uh, South Park, how did we get this sensitive? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, I think time periods change. And then I think the biggest thing, I think the biggest factor that really causes the issues is there's no formal process for redemption or like forgiveness, you know, like, like the, like a lot of people get in these controversial situations and then it just, they, it's like they go in limbo. You never hear from them. Like I remember James Franco, like got in some controversy where there was some like you know, claims that he had done something, something inappropriate to women. A few, like multiple women came forth and said that. And then I just don't know what's happened since then. I haven't heard from him. He's like laying low. Is he, I know he said it didn't happen, but um, yeah, I mean, it's sometimes it just becomes this, like he said, he said, she said, and then, you know, obviously you want to take very seriously the responses of what people said, but at the same time, I think it's very important. You got to recognize that literally anyone could say a claim i could say you know xx this famous person did this to me and then if people are taking it seriously but i am just trying to get attention and saying something offensive then that's my words hold a lot of weight like people could actually take it seriously and that person could feel some ramifications for it because i think the problem is a lot of these cases people don't do research that just like one person's word against another so it's very i don't know it's just i think to summarize it's just like we there's no conclusive way to find out whether the person did it unless there's this full scale investigation. And then there's no like formal process where most people are like, okay, this person's forgiven. And like, like we can move on from this, you know, everyone has different feelings. So just kind of like, I don't know where that person's at, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's definitely crazy. Anyways. um, Who else would you like to bring up as an example? Yeah, I think, well, going off that, I was like, you know, I like stand-up comedy a lot, big fan. So most of the examples that I think come to mind are stand-up comedy because stand-up comedy is the art of like trying to say things that are, you know, funny. And a lot of times, you know, offensive can be funny. And then like standards change, like you said, with the word that was in the Hangover trailer. So like Bill Burr and Dave Chappelle uh, are two recent, you know, two of the best stand-up comedians today for sure. And like both of them, I think, haven't been officially canceled. It's almost like pseudo-canceling where um, – I don't know if you heard. Bill Burr was on SNL. Did you watch it at all? I never really watched SNL, but I'm trying to remember specifically like who like Bill Burr was. I mean, he's a guy that was a Mandalorian that you you referenced back to a lot, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, basically he's a stand-up, and he uh, did uh, SNL two weeks ago and did a monologue. And actually, I think you should watch the monologue if you have a minute, because I'd be curious to hear what you think about it. But uh, basically, he says some things that are a little like 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 oh shit he's saying this on like network tv but he never said anything that i don't think officially got him canceled so um i think there are certain comedians that can kind of like still thread the needle with like saying offensive things and not get canceled if they kind of kind of pick the right areas and don't say like kind of bad subjects or don't have any history come to them like i think like tracy morgan do you know him yes yeah that's one good example do you remember uh like 10 plus years ago what happened to him uh major car accident yeah, that too. But before that, actually, he like was doing stand up and he had some joke that like if his son was gay, he would like beat him severely or something like that. No. Well, anyways, yeah. Basically, he said that live. Uh, and I think that obviously deserves kind of a like, you know, not great reaction. 
Um, and you know, a lot of people wanted to cancel him back then, but I don't think cancel culture was as strong. So, uh, he kind of like people were mad for a while and like he faced some problems, but I think he's kind of overall, like kind of made his way back and has been fine ever since. Um, I mean, like I said, it's kind of another case where it's unclear. Sometimes you just don't hear from people. I think, honestly, I think the car accident people (laughs) happened after the thing. So people felt bad for him. So now in a weird way it's almost like if you say something offensive just get in a car accident and people will forget just nearly die be in a pretty much comatose catatonic state that nobody can say anything yeah. and you're protected yeah pretty much the fact <laughs> but, that we uh, have to get there yeah no um so i think we should make a pact if either of us say anything offensive the other person has to crash our car to, into us <laughs> hit me with your car and see what, just pretend to have a freak accident cut my brake lines all right i'll do it I'll, yeah all right now we're it's plotting each other's murder <laughs> on live air we're planning each other's like near-death experience but it's not death so it's all good um but yeah i think like aziz ansari and louis ck are you familiar with those situations uh louis ck no aziz ansari yes yeah so those are two different cases where like aziz is a pretty famous stand-up comedian um who I think the situation with him was that he went on a date with the girl a few years back and she, you know, wrote about it publicly, her side of the story. And basically he was very like pushy, but like, uh, like this is the first case where I think people started to like, kind of like look and like, see like, well, it may not have been like the best behavior, but he didn't technically do anything illegal by any means. This isn't, this is nowhere near like a Harvey Weinstein or something like, you know, like, I don't think he's a bad person because of this, like people can make, like, haven't we all done stuff on dates that we regret? Oh, yeah. No, there's there's a ton of stuff that I've done that I'm like, ooh, I wish I was more mature and I'm an idiot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you get caught up in the moment sometimes and then, you know, hormones take over. And as long as, you know, respect what the person's feeling and don't, like, force them into anything, that's, you know, the golden. I think that's the obvious rule. It's so obvious. Nobody thinks of it as a rule. You just kind of know it. Um and I think the situation with this girl is it sounded like she was kind of very clearly like, you know, I kind of don't want to do anything in the first date, but with men and women on dates, there is kind of, I think there is sometimes like a, you know, cat and mouse kind of game where like some women kind of like being kind of pursued a little bit, you know, and not everyone obviously, but that is a thing. And then some guys try to be a little more persistent and kind of play the game, you know? Um, and it, it sounded like he was kind of trying to do that. Like she was saying, I don't want to do anything on the first date. And he made some joke where he like gave her a wine glass and he's like, okay, I won't do anything on the first date. Then he gave her another wine glass. He's like, does this count as a second date? You know, like that kind of stuff. So I think that's a case where he just like, maybe he didn't handle it the best, but he didn't do anything like terribly. Like, I don't know if it's, I hate talking about it too. Cause I can't make an ultimate judgment. Cause I wasn't there. Like if I saw the events, it's so much easier. So, uh, but basically with disease, um, I think he kind of made a like response to it. Like he kind of had a stand-up special after, but it kind of got mixed reviews where some people were kind of saying he uh, just felt like he was just apologizing the whole time. And it wasn't like an actual like clear comeback. And then some people, I don't know, it just got mixed reviews. It didn't really get a lot of like, it's hard to make a strong comeback from these things is what I'm saying. Like, can you think of like somebody who like made a strong comeback after getting canceled? Uh so I was actually going to go off another tangent that you brought up of like people definitely phrasing and saying things that are a little bit misinterpreted. And it's like, all right, that was definitely phrase awkwardly. Um, and you may not be, you may or may not be digging a hole for yourself. And so like, in terms of like ask, asking your question directly of people making a comeback, um, trying to think of like all the different examples we've had, like James Gunn probably. Um, yeah. So that's like a good chunk of people were like very, we don't know why this even happened, but there's a definitely loud, vocal, small, small splinter cell group that really threw him under the bus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. With like, I think Louis CK is like another example because his, you know, his situation was that uh, like, I don't know, in the early two thousands, late nineties, his thing was apparently with like some females he worked with, he would, you know, uh, once he was alone with them, he would uh, basically take his pants off and please himself in front of them, you know, and you know no fucked up yeah very fucked up and not okay by any means but um this is 
this is where it gets really tricky because that isn't the same as, you know, anything Harvey Weinstein did by any means, but it's definitely not okay by any means. And then sometimes drawing that distinction, uh, people are getting in trouble for just saying it's different than Harvey Weinstein. Like some people they're saying you can't even assign like, uh, like wait to how bad it is. Um, but the thing with Louie is he, he never responded to it. And Louie was always a very smart guy. He's like one of the most like pragmatic, like open comedians when talking about things. And he just never responded to the like claims basically. And he just like in a stand up, it's like not acknowledging the elephant in the room, which is always one of the worst things you can do. Cause it just makes it tense and uncomfortable. And now who knows what he's doing? Like, I think he released a special, but nobody knows it. Cause you know, Netflix dropped them and like won't play stuff and all these streaming services won't play it. So it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's just, this kind of ties back into that. It's hard to have a clear redemption process and it's very hard for comedians to make a comeback if you're canceled. So that was a very yeah. long rant, but there you go. <laughs> I guess the other example I want to kind of spin off, uh, lead off of, of is uh, JK Rowling. So she did make a comment about that may potentially be very transphobic and definitely reading her tweets about it. It was definitely, in my opinion, very, um, whatchamacallit, it was phrased awkwardly. Like, I had to read a couple of times because I, I, I'm i trying to understand, like, where you're trying to get at and reading other people's tweets. I'm like, okay, I get where you're getting at. But at the same time, it's like, she's trying to say something a little bit scientifically. So, like, she made something about, um, I mean, butchering this, but, like, women, when women can menstruate or something like that. Yeah. And then somebody was like, well, you know what, not all women can menstruate or something. And so she was trying to make a point of like saying, okay, well, gender, there's, there's a scientific aspect and there's like the whole, you label the hell, whatever you want aspect. And she's saying like, I will stand by you. I will march with you. But at the end of the day, it's, she said in a really long tweet, it's like scientifically at the end of the day, it's male or female. And the, she didn't say this, but like the very small population that is like other where like it is ambiguous scientifically Mm -hmm. is proven where it's like, the small percentage of people are like, yeah, they have these uh, amount of hormones or the uh, chromosomes, but they just reflect it differently. I forgot what it was. And her explanation, like trying to save herself was saying like, try to understand where I'm coming from that, like as a woman, blah, blah. And these are like, basically they, at the end of the day, it's like, I will support whatever you believe in, but bear in mind that it's still like man is man, women is women. And then other people saying, no, trans man is man and trans woman is woman. And I forgot what the third line was. I read it earlier this morning, but yeah. And it's kind of like, okay, well, you're kind of nitpicking at a statement and just kind of showing, sharing whatever you feel. And nobody really came out to defend her. And so a lot of people were very like boycott JK Rowling for this. And even posts now where people are saying, oh yeah, there's this new Harry Potter. Like the Harry Potter video game is coming out for the PlayStation 5. Mm-hmm. People are like, man, I would so buy this game if it wasn't J.K. Rowling get making money off of it. <laughs> and it's like, and people are commenting underneath, like, I don't think she was consulted at all for this game. Like, she'll get royalties because she owns the Harry Potter name. But it's like, and people are boycotting it already. And mm-hmm. I'm just sitting there reading it like, okay, her stance was very like, she said it herself that she doesn't care what you believe in she'll stand by you but she was also making another poorly worded statement about how like there's gender is to degree binary because scientifically your chromosomes expresses that she worded it very poorly but yeah yeah i think yeah i think statements like that too it kind of makes me think like at least with friends i feel like At least, like, I don't know if you feel this way, but, like, we all have friends we disagree with. But, like, if you have a friend, have you ever had a friend that's, like, has a belief that's so offensive that, like, you think I can't be this person's friend anymore? Oh, no, I'm usually not their friends anymore. You usually do kind of, like, leave them? Well, no, it's more like they're, (laughs) I realize that, okay, so I do have friends that we do disagree on different beliefs. But definitely the people who have the more extreme beliefs, I realize there's other reasons why we just end up not talking. And it's probably for the best. Ah. Okay. All right. So, all right. So that's like third party factors that kind of take a play. It's not because of like the statements that you don't agree with. Right. No. Yeah, exactly. So I think like for me, I definitely have like people I know that have stuff I like vehemently disagree with, but we're still friends. And like, you just know not to talk about them. It's like, I kind of want to like, 
it just feels like nowadays if somebody has that like kind of jk rowling opinion like that type of thing they're just willing to write them entirely off like let's not look at the good things you've done let's not look at like anything else you believe that could be like positive and let's not have a talk about it you're just done to me you know what i mean i i want to burn the harry potter books i have and like thinking back to friends i don't think people approach it like that at least the people circle people that i talk to maybe there's some you know very strong woke people out there who are like can't even talk to anyone if they have ever eaten uh what's that fucking <laughs> chick-fil-a like if somebody's eating chick-fil-a maybe they can never speak to them again you know because they had controversy too but um yeah it's just like i think the people just never it's like you want to look at the whole like summary of a person, like good things they've done, bad things they've done too. And then you make your own judgment, but it just seems, I don't know. I don't think people like us, I don't think we'd like burn a bridge just because somebody said something we don't agree with or is offensive. You just don't talk about it. And you kind of like look at the person as a whole, you know? Yeah, definitely. And there's definitely a lot more forgiveness when it comes to that. And yeah, I guess one more example, if you don't mind. Attack sure. on, right. um, Dan Harmon, um, he he made a, a skit, he made a parody skit uh, of something that was very inappropriate. I think it was like something involving children. I forgot what it was. So a lot of examples to the point where it's like, dang, I forgot which examples which. Him and James um, friends, <laughs> not really. Oh uh, yeah, so people wanted to cancel Rick and Morty because he uh, another old video, baby rape video. Uh, it wasn't an actual baby. It was like a doll or something like that. And they're just playing fun, making fun about it. Uh, he's apologized vehemently about it before in the past. Um, and then it resurfaced again and he had to apologize again. And people were threatening to boycott Rick and Morty in the most recent season. And goes back to the example of like, how, how many times does a person have to apologize where they are absolved from this? And then it goes on to a community, the TV show where they had a quote unquote blackface where Ken Jeong painted himself black and he said, hey, no, they're playing Dungeons and Dragons. And he's saying, no, I'm playing the role of a dark elf, which is why he painted black. And then there's an African-American character, um, Shirley sitting next to him and saying, hey, are we going to address the blatant racism? Yeah. And he was saying, well, well, no, I'm painted as a dark elf. I'm cosplaying right now. I think he even had the ears and everything. But um. It's basically, then, it wasn't, it wasn't the joke, just to highlight the joke wasn't, it wasn't blackface. It was like, he's looking like this elf who happens to have like actual, like the color black skin, not like African-American by any means. And then they make a joke out of it because of that. it's not like he was actually doing blackface. Yeah. And so it was very like, okay. Like I could see like that as being a joke and they did like address it, but, um, shortly after during the whole black lives uh movement they immediately took it off of netflix that episode is gone and so it's kind of like okay well we're trading a thin line here it's like all right what is acceptable what is not acceptable what even though if it's addressed does that mean that it's no longer acceptable even though it was not intentional in any sense of the word and it becomes like okay so that means that anything offensive is fair game to be taken off the air yeah at the right time and i think another thing just i want to add to that is like that was like notoriously one of the best episodes like everybody talks about the dungeon and dragons episode being like one of the all-time best community episodes you know yeah now now it's it's not on the air anymore and that makes it definitely difficult and yeah it's it's kind of it goes i mean i cannot emphasize this enough is is that how much is enough in terms of apology and like you said is there even an, a road to redemption? Yeah. And it's all about intent too. You gotta, you can't just like objectively look like this person said this thing. If any person says this word, that means they are automatically canceled. You have to look at intent in the context of the situation. And, you know, I like to think people do that, but I think a lot of people don't. And then people have different opinions on it. So it's just, again, fucking mess. <laughs> all right. But I do want to qualify the, the, this whole argument and say that there's definitely been good examples of cancel culture. So yeah. uh, Roseanne Barr, where she has made some blatant racist comments and her show got canceled and her coming back and saying, how dare you cancel my show? And basically saying, I've made amends. I'm a better person now. And they're like, nah, we're going to keep this canceled. Um, that's, that's funny you bring up that one. So, uh, man, that one, <laughs> I don't. 100% agree, but I don't disagree at the same time. Not to get into a full thing of this, and I'm, like, very scared to <laughs> thread this one. How dare you disagree but, with me, Vince? It's, 
<laughs> no, just for any public comments, the people are going to say I'm a huge Roseanne Barr fan. So, ah, uh, man, I don't even, I don't support her comments by any means. But if we're looking at the context, just to add, there was a thing where, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, she said uh, it was a political figure, Valerie Jarrett, something like that. Anyways, yeah, Valerie something, Jarrett, I think. She said she she'd been tweeting kind of like notoriously and saying some offensive things and like crazy things. And then um, at one point she tweeted that she looked like an ape or something like that. Planet of the apes, you know, obviously terrible. Cannot say that. Um, and her defense later was that like, Oh, I was like, uh, I didn't know she was black or something like that. So I'm not saying that that's a good excuse by any means, but if it is true, that does change things slightly, you know, and, it's not again not good by any means but it's one of those things where you got to factor that in at least if she did think that and think it was valid it's you know again terrible can't say it but you got to at least like factor that into the judgment of the person and roseanne Barr, just to add on top is not mentally healthy <laughs> like she's not a mentally healthy person she got in a car accident when she was young and she's had like like medication she's had to take and she was taking some sort of medication when that whole thing happened and then i remember she like kind of qualified the situation and said that she was on that medication. And then that company like tweeted, like our medication does not make you say racist shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the Roseanne thing, it's obviously fucked up, but I just think it's actually a case where that there's a little more nuance to it and like other things to factor in. Yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't aware of that, but I think she did go on a few rants uh, about it, which added on to her case. Um yeah anyways another example yeah (laughs) admittedly i haven't looked into it super beyond that but anyways yeah but yeah i think another example right now cancel culture i think has done a good job is is for um what's that thing called um confederate statues confederate stuff sure yeah i agree so i mean people taking those down i'm like all right no totally cool because if you think about it at the end of the day it's like well there's there's a time where there's a the confederacy was considered treason legally uh, yes it is part of your heritage it is part of american culture we're not going to deny that we're going to continue teaching that mm-hmm. but at the end of the day they did commit treason to the union yeah so why should we continue to acknowledge treason within the union it's kind of saying like oh yeah no it's it's still okay to be a nazi or it's still okay to be um how's that thing like Vice cold president. war no, no, no. I, was, I was thinking of like german's example of how like you know they're split in western uh western east berlin of like okay well why not carry out this c- communism beliefs in berlin mm-hmm. you can't well why because traitor stuff yeah that's the example so i think that's the, when people are complaining of like how dare you take away my um my culture and my heritage of confederacy you're freaking traitors to the country, legally speaking. Yeah, I just got forgiven. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's that's an example of like cancel culture being done right versus where it's effectively almost become a, it is becoming a witch hunt. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's very nuanced and you just have to take the case by case. I just don't like any sweeping broad generalizations or people acting based on emotion more, rather than like actually looking at evidence sometimes i mean definitely act based on emotion in terms of how you feel as a gauge but like sometimes people i don't know it's just people read one tweet and then get offended thinking something that isn't actually true and then i don't know they act on that and then like i said it's a mess (laughs) yeah no it's it's definitely a mess but like i said it's it's neither here at the underpaid and qualified we just want to say that like there is so we're we're in the middle on this one or it's like all right i think it's definitely there's definitely done some good and it's definitely done some bad yeah it's just you got to keep it in check i think that's the bottom line you know do it the right way do it the right way don't be an asshole <laughs> but uh no one last thing to add to i think uh, looking towards the future, like I mentioned, if you, it's almost like a sociological study on people and a psychological study on people with social media and just like people being held more accountable for what they say. Like, you know, 15 years ago, like I said, social media starts and then now here's where we're at. So 
if you had a guess, John, and like one kind of concluding comment on this episode, 15 years from now, where do you think people are going to be at? Do you think the cancel culture continue? Do you think it'll plateau a little bit? Or do you think, uh, I don't know, any thoughts? No idea? We'll be burned at the cross. Every single person just be burned at the cross? <laughs> it's, it's going to be, it's, it's similar to what South Park did, PC police. Mm-hmm. And we're um and we're gonna leave it at that. I mean, from my opinion. Okay, I actually don't know what that means. <laughs> Anyways, we can leave it at that, I guess. Did you want to expand further? Oh no, it's just like how South Park had like they joked about how uh, they had their own PC cop in their show that would like, no, that's not okay, that's not okay, and it was like a whole satire on like political correctness. Yeah. To me, I just, if I had to guess, that kind of brings up a good point. I wouldn't be surprised if people do try to try to change like the constitution at some point. Is it the constitution that has the free speech? <laughs> I'm such an idiot. Yeah, that's the rights. constitution. Okay, yeah, Bill of Rights. So I, I wonder if like in 15 years, people are going to like try to change the free speech thing and say like there's certain things you can't say, you know? Like I wouldn't be surprised. Like things do change drastically, at least like 50 years if somebody doesn't at least float that idea, you know? And I don't agree with it by any means, but. I don't know. I hate to say, but I feel like that might be the future trend things going. It's it's a slippery slope. And when people say like, oh, no, 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 it's not going to be a slippery slope. I'm like, it's kind of hard not to say it's not yeah. a slippery slope. Yeah. Anyways, Anyways. Scary, scary times. <laughs> is anything scarier than yeah. Is anything scarier than what we just talked about? People, happy Halloween. <laughs> Come on, guys. Let's be real. Slasher movies, nah, it's not scary no more. Zombie movies, the overdone motif. Yeah. Starbucks, cancel culture. Yeah, your whole livelihood going away for something you didn't do, or you did do and coming back to you, and you have to live with it. <laughs> Nothing scary. Exactly. Yep. Well, anyways, on that optimistic note, I hope everyone has a great Halloween. <laughs> and happy Halloween. Stay safe. Please social distance. Let's get rid of this pandemic. With that said, bye. See ya.